Wow, wasn't that a wonderful message this morning? I'm telling you, the preacher outdid himself this morning. That was awesome. And we need that kind of preaching. We honestly do. We do need that. And so we thank the Lord for that. I look at the crowd tonight, and I see some folks that uh, are guests, but they're our friends, and Lynette's friends, the Kings, are, are with us tonight. Uh, they're from Lakeside. They're sitting behind Mr. and Mrs. Brown right there. And uh, Lynette's sick tonight, folks. I'm so sorry. She's not with us tonight. She's ill. So be praying for her. But these are uh, the kings, the, uh, Alice and Dwight King. And uh, they came all the way from Lakeside to be in our service tonight. Thank you so much for coming. I see Vernetta down here. Vernetta, you may not know, some of you, but years and years ago, she's been coming off and on, but she listens to the radio constantly all the time. So isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great to see these folks with us? And then what about Brother Arp? Brother Arp's with us tonight playing hooky. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's uh, an afternoon service today at the church at Norwalk, and so he's here tonight to, to fellowship with us, and we're glad to have him in the service tonight. Now, everybody needs a worksheet. Let's make sure everybody has a worksheet. Now, I did this because I know I'm on borrowed time. I don't have a lot of time, and I want to talk about how to increase your faith. Uh, I, I think that our church is ready to explode. Come on, everybody. Can you say amen? I honestly believe the church is ready to explode. I believe God's going to bring folks from everywhere to our church uh, because of what's being said behind the pulpit, how we're conducting our services, how we're doing things in business. And so God's going to bless all of that. But uh, in order to do that, God has to also have messages like we heard this morning. But then tonight, I want to speak to you about how to increase our faith. Now, as I was thinking about this particular message, I got to thinking, there, if there's one place, and I mentioned it this morning before we sang, but if there's one place where people ought to be able to come and, and laugh a little bit and, and uh, experience real living, it ought to be at church. I mean, when you come to church, you ought to be able to laugh and, hey, how you doing, brother? It's good to see you, without anybody getting all upset. You know, we should be able to rejoice and laugh. And, and when somebody says something funny from the pulpit, it, it all, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. It's okay. Amen. You just sat still and be still, would you please? <laughs> uh, this is good. That's Linda, by the way, in case you didn't know. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's true. And honestly, Laughing is good for us. Sunday morning should not be a funeral service. Man, Sunday morning ought to be just like any other service. We get up and we sing. Then sings my soul, how great thou art. And we sing it with vi vicious, I mean vicious in our words. And speak it clearly. Not, then sing my soul. Oh, good night. Come on, stand and sing and worship God. Amen? amen? So I like all of that sort of stuff. I like the amens. I like the praise the Lord. I like the happiness. In fact, laughter is healthy. Scientists are conducting research all the time on neuropeptides, and they say that they are released by the brain when you laugh. And then they say those then turn into produce endorphins. Now, endorphins... Uh, that's why people feel better when they laugh, they say. So you laugh a little bit, you'll feel better. Amen. 
you know, that's, that's probably good stuff for us. Uh, but let the research continue. But didn't Solomon say something about that years ago? Is it on the screen? I want to look at Proverbs 17, 22, just as we start the message. Look what it says. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Wow. So if you knew from get, the get-go that laughing was good for us. But dead people don't laugh. Dead people don't laugh. <laughs> and dead churches don't laugh. Dead churches sit like this. I'm glad we're not a dead church. You know, Jesus didn't ever write off any of the seven churches and uh, that he wrote to in Revelation or any of the people. He just challenged them to improve in certain specific areas of their life. If you go to Revelation chapter 3, verse number 1, just real quickly, this is just the front part of the message. Uh, this church had a reputation. You see what it says? And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, he, this is written to Sardis, write these things, saith he that hath the uh, seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest. Wouldn't it be awful for God to say, but you are dead. Thou art dead. Come on, church. We need to be alive all the time and just brag about Jesus and shout a little bit and rejoice about the good things of God. Well, I want to talk a little bit tonight about how to increase your faith. And preacher, just let me know what time am I supposed to be finished? Thank you, sir. Right, that's 35 minutes. I got it made. All right. Let's go to some scripture very, very quickly. There's three things I want you to know uh, in, in the Word of God. How to increase your faith. There's three different kinds of faith that I want you to look at first. Now, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures, and I gave you a worksheet so you could see on the worksheet where we're headed, how far we have to go yet, and everybody needs a pen or a pencil. I want you to fill that out. It's a very good study to do a little later. How can I increase my faith? I believe I'm talking to a group of people who everybody, no doubt, would like to increase their faith. Amen. Now, is that true? Amen. Amen. We all want to increase our faith. Now, why? Why do we want to increase our faith? Because as we increase our faith, we increase answers to prayer. We get things from God because we know how to pray and how to have faith. I would believe that everybody in the whole church would say, Preacher, I'm so excited to learn about how I can increase my faith. I need to increase my faith. Amen. Well, let's look at some verses of Scripture. First of all, let's look at Romans chapter 4 and uh, verse 19. I want you to look at that verse and tell me what kind of faith is listed there. Can you look at it? You see it. What kind of faith is listed there? What is it? Weak faith, right? Yeah, yeah. But there must be weak faith. If there's not weak faith, then there has to be weak faith. So some of us have very weak faith. Hmm. Look, if you will, at Matthew chapter 6, verse number 30. It'll be on the screen. You can see it there. 
Matthew 6, verse 30. I think you have 34, Don. What kind of faith is listed there, very quickly, in your Bible? What kind of faith is listed there? Little faith, right? I don't mind you shouting out at me, so go ahead. Shout out at me and tell me the answer. So first of all, we have what kind of faith, first of all? Weak faith. And then we have little faith. And then Matthew chapter 8, verse number 10, we have great faith. So there's three different kinds of faiths here that's talked about in the beginning of my message. How can I increase my faith? Let's go to statement number one. All that God has for us is obtained by faith. The word you want to write? Obtained by faith. So all that God has for you and I is obtained, ladies and gentlemen, by faith. That's how we get things from God. Now, by the way, the door to God's cupboards, that word is cupboard you want to write in there, are unlocked by the key of faith. Now, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. It should be on the screen. Uh, Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, all that God has for us is obtained by faith. The door of God's cupboard is unlocked by the key of faith. You will have from God and will get your prayers answered according, according to the word of God, according to your faith. Well, that's very important. I'm going to get things from God, answers to prayer, things out of God's cupboard because of my faith. You don't get things from God. Now, here's a, here's a misnomer. You don't get things from God because you're a good person. You don't even get things from God because you're a Christian. You don't get things from God because you read more Bible passages than anybody else in the church. That's not how you get things from God. You do not get things from God because of prayer. You don't get things from God because you read the Bible. You don't get things from God because you can quote all kinds of Bible passages. No, that's not so. You don't get things from God because, well, I love him better than he loves uh, God. I, I love better than most of the church people. I love God so much. That doesn't mean you have more faith. Not at all. And I think we need to understand that. You get things from God, how? By faith. Everybody look at me. How do you get things from God? By faith. faith. Not by how I dress. Not by how I look. I get things from God by faith. Now listen, this church is ready. We're ready to go. To build, to do things, to have activities, to see more people saved than ever before. We're ready. Folks are coming from everywhere. But it's by faith that it's going to happen. And please don't look at another church and compare our church with another church. That used to bug me as I pastored the church, how we would have folks in the church compare our church with that church. That doesn't count to me at all. What counts is what does God think? By faith, we get things from God. The key, the door to God's cupboards are unlocked by the key of faith. Now let's go a little further. So it's not according to our love. Not according necessarily to the love of the word. 
how we spend time. Faith is not fervency, although I love fervency. Faith is not love. Faith is not worship. It's not because you give more than anybody else. What does Matthew 9, 29 say? According to your faith. Does it not say this? According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. I want to know something. What is the reason that God made us? Does anybody know from Scripture what is the reason that God made us? Let me share a verse of Scripture found in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy, for thy pleasure they are and were created. Do you know why you were created? For the pleasure of Almighty God. Think about that. Think about your position. I was made for the pleasure of Almighty God. Wow, I am somebody. You are somebody. God made you for Him. For His pleasure. Now stop a second. What is it then that pleases God? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 gives us the answer. But without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's think a minute. The reason I was made was to please him. Wow. The thing that pleases him is faith. Now, if I do anything, if you do anything not in faith, according to Romans 14, 23, what is it? What is it? If I do something... And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. This thing about having faith is pretty important. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Wow. Suddenly my eyes are open. The thing that pleases God most is when a Christian depends upon him. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants you as a Christian to depend upon him. That's what he wants more than anything else. Roman numeral two. Let me make a statement. Fill this in. Faith is not a perfect grace. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. We like that verse, don't we? 
We like that verse. Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Look at that next verse. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. I want you to understand this. This is very important as far as I'm concerned. Faith is not an absolute. It's not either I have it or I don't. It's a dependency upon him. That is why God hates work salvation. He wants you to depend on him. Not baptismal regeneration. And not lordship salvation. God wants you to depend on him. Who is it that paid the price? Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus Christ and something else. It's Jesus Christ and that's it. You must believe him. Trust him. That word this morning that we heard was powerful because it was straight from the book. And it was from him. Amen. Faith is asking, believing. Get this one. Faith is literally asking, believing, doubting, stepping out and acting on the belief and not on the doubt. That's faith. Doubt is part of faith. Everyone has a measure of faith. Mark 9, verse 24. One more time. Look at that verse again. Mark 9, verse number 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, here's where we are. Lord, I believe. I believe. Yes, I do. I believe. Nearly everybody in this building believes. But what did the daddy say? Help thou mine unbelief. He had some doubts. Don't feel bad about yourself having a few doubts. But don't act on the doubts. Act on the faith. There's the secret. Come on, amen. Dear Lord, I know I believe. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that until the day. I know he is. But Lord, I have a little problem over here. And sometimes I doubt. Do you ever doubt? Come on, church. Sure you do. It's all part of faith. Remember the three Hebrew children? Go with me to Daniel. I don't know if they have all the scriptures on the screen or not, but I thought, you know, I hope I have enough time to do this. I love reading the Bible. Don't you? It kind of enriches you a little. I know you know this story. Look at verse number eight. Daniel chapter Number three, verse eight. I'm going to read some verses. I'll read them quickly. Follow along. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, and they spake unto the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall uh, hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the uh, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship that, uh, he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who thou hast set 
uh, over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. Uh, they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought the men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them and said, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have sent up? Now if it be ready, uh, that at the time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sokma, uh, 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 psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made? Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall cast, be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and uh, Answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of the hand, O king. Here's, the, here's part of the doubt, but if not, there's that part of that doubt right there, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Shadrach then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace uh, one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the furnace, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats. Was well, it interesting that God puts all that stuff in there? Come on, amen. And other garments, and were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire slew them. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were okay. You still with me? And these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three uh, men bound in the midst of a fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four. Four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the, of the fire. And the princes, governors, the captains, and the kings, the counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. Hmm. Neither were their coats charred or changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. And Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath set his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree Ooh, this is good. That every people, nation, language would speak my, uh, speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. That's pretty serious. <laughs> and their houses shall be made a dunghill. 
That's serious. Because there is no other God that can deliver the sword. Woo! Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. But if not, that's the part of the doubt. We are still going to believe our God is able to deliver. That's real faith. What about the book of Acts? Quickly. Chapter 12. You know this story too, don't you? Acts chapter 12. It's Rhoda. It's Peter. Peter's in prison. It wasn't Peter's prayer that got him out. It wasn't Peter's prayer that got him out. He was asleep. They're having a prayer meeting for Peter. God, deliver Peter. God, get him out of prison. God, please. They're praying. Angel comes down, shakes the place. Peter escapes from prison. Angel said, get out of here. Go. He did. He goes to the house where they're having prayer meeting. He knocks at the door. Rhoda, the little gal, comes and answers the door. Peter, is that you? Oh, yeah. Can I come in? Just a second. She goes back while everybody's praying. Sounds like a church. They're all praying, oh, God, please deliver Peter. He's in prison. He doesn't need to be there. Peter standing at the door of the gate. He wants in. Rhoda says, hey, guys, you're not going to believe this. Peter's here. What? No, he's not. He's in prison. No, he's right out here by the gate. Come on, Rhoda. Now stop it. You're messing up our prayer meeting. We're in serious business here. Quit playing these little games. I'm not playing a game. I'm telling you the truth. He's out here. Come on. I want to show him to you. They go out there. And the Bible said they're astonished. Now hold it. Here's a bunch of fundamental people praying for deliverance. Deliverance comes and everybody's astonished. Sounds just like us, doesn't it? Come on, folks, admit it, please. Come on, amen? How many of you, and raise your hand if you will, how many of you have ever prayed about something really important, really you needed something, and you said, oh, God, I want you to do something. It's got to be done now. I'm going to lose it if you don't do something. And God does it, and you say, I can't believe it happened. How many have been like, come on, I got both my hands up. I mean, 
I prayed about so many things, and it happened. I said, wow, can you pray? And my wife said, well, honey, you prayed about it. Oh, it's so important for us to understand. Amen. Doubt is part of faith. How many yes. have prayed and prayed, and, and when you got it, you were shocked that you got it? <laughs> Roman numeral three. All of us have some faith. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse number three. All of us, everybody here, everybody, on the sound of my voice, has some faith. Look, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. How many of us have said as we have prayed about things, I don't have any faith. Oh, yes, you do. God, God in his ability, God in his godly acts, has given to every single one of us a measure of faith. Everyone. Don't say to me, don't ever say to me, oh, preacher, I don't have any faith at all. Yes, you do. Because God gave it to you. Yeah, everybody does. But I doubt, preacher. Let me tell you this. Faith is not the opposite of doubt. Faith encompasses doubt if there is belief. Roman number four. Now, here's where you need to really help me, and we'll sail right through this. We have varying degrees of faith. I want you to look at all those verses, and we'll look at them one at a time, but I want you to holler out at me what kind of faith is in each of those verses. Have you ever gone through the Bible and just checked what kind of faith is in that Bible? We have varying degrees of faith. So, for example, we already know, and quickly now, somebody just keep going down the list and get ready. I mean, this is a good thing for all of us to get involved in and do. Uh, What kind of faith are we talking about? For example, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, what kind of faith did we say that was? That was? Little. Write that down. Little faith. That's A. Uh, B, Romans 4, 19. What kind of faith? Weak faith. All we're interested in those little words. You can read the verses later, but this is all so good. What about Romans chapter 4, verse 20? Strong faith. What about Matthew chapter 8, verse 10? Great faith. Great faith. I heard it. Great faith. What about James chapter 2, verse 5? They were rich in faith. Rich in faith. Acts chapter 6, verse 5. They were, anybody got it? Full of faith. Full of faith. Acts 11. Verse 24, not only were they full of faith, but they were also full of the Holy Ghost. And they were also full of faith. Look at all the different kinds of faith we have here. What about in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 7? What kind of faith was it? They abounded in faith. Now the last one, and I should have made this one probably first, but it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 10. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. You see that? They were lacking, lacking in faith. Put that verse back up there, Don, if you will, please, or whoever is doing it. 
uh, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Something is lacking in some people's faith. So we go down and look at all these things that the Bible talks about, the varying degrees of faith in the Word of God. Uh, little faith, weak faith, strong faith, great faith, rich in faith, full of faith, full of faith, abound in faith, and lacking in faith. Roman numeral number five. I'm going to tell you something. Everyone has faith, but varying degrees of faith. Every Christian can get some prayers answered. Little faith, little prayers. Strong faith, bigger prayers. We somehow must learn this. I've got to bring down the doubt part of my faith. And raise up the belief part of my faith. How do you think all of this stuff got built around here? We had people who had faith that worked with me to have what we have. You would never have what we have here if some of my good people never had faith. But they had faith. Now, did they have doubt? I can remember when I first wanted to start the Christian school, for example. And I hired Randy Starr. And Randy Starr was a friend of mine. He was a divisional officer in the state of Ohio when I was the president of the state of Ohio in the youth department. And I said, Randy, I want you to come. I know you're a graduate from Bowling Green State University. And I know you're a teacher. And I'd love to have you teaching with all Pastor Lewis, I'd love to come. Man, I, yes, I will. He said, how many students we have? I said, uh, one. There was a quietness on the phone. He said, what did you say? One? I said, well, my son. That's the only one I know right now. Oh. Well, how do you plan to pay me? I said, uh, oh, God's going to take care of that. He said, oh, oh, okay, I got it. Okay, oh, I'd love to. A week later, I hired him. When we started school, I had 16. When the school ended, I had 19. Amen. How'd that happen? Because somebody said... I'll put down the doubt part. I'll raise up the belief part. Hey, I'm coming, and we're going to do something, and God's going to bless it. We're not done. This church isn't done. This could be packed out every service. Come on, amen. And coming into an oasis when the world is so stinking sick, just to laugh a little bit and say, woo! Glory to God. Amen. Boy, isn't God good. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And we all sing it. What a joy. What a joy. Amen. In order to do it, you got to take the doubt part down. Raise the belief part. 
Let me ask you this question. Don't you want to get things from God? Come on, look at me, everybody. I'm not asking a hard question. <laughs> Doesn't everybody want to get things from God? Yes. Is it wrong to want to get things from God? No. Did not Jesus say, <coughs> knock and it shall be opened? <coughs> Ask and you shall receive? Amen. Did he not say, seek and you shall find? Amen. Did not God say, I want to supply all your needs Amen. according to my riches and glory? Well, then God wants to give us stuff. And God wants to bless us. How do you think all this happened? It's because somebody said, Preacher, I'm going to believe with you. But we all do get with Preacher and say, Preacher, we're going to believe with you. You just keep leading us, man. We're going to keep following. And we're going to keep leading. And God's going to keep blessing. And great things are going to be done. Wow, what a God. By the way, I see all the promises in this book. They're everywhere. About getting from God. Receiving from God. They're everywhere. But what I see in churches as I go from church to church to preach at different churches, almost every Baptist church is anemic. Have 20 people on Sunday morning, 15 people on Sunday night. Nobody ever comes to the altar. Nobody ever seeks God. It's so sad. Their singing is like it's dry as a bone. There's no excitement. Nobody has their eyes open. How can you sing about how great thou art? Sing. You got to open your eyes and say, Great. Great thou art. You can't sing it. How great thou art. You open your eyes to sing it. Amen. Oh, what a God we serve. Oh, so many things he wants to do for us. And tonight, I've got to leave enough time for somebody to come and say, dear God, I want my faith to increase. Your faith can grow. Look at Roman numeral 5. Your faith can grow. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth. Oh, there it is. Your faith. Look at, see that? Amen. That your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. You know, you get a church that's praying and seeking God and having faith, you'll find a church who's also giving to folks outside of the church offerings. A little blessing here, a little blessing there. Pay for a school bill this month and help you pay your gas bill this month. And Oh, here, I want to just give you a love offering. Come on, here. I want to give it to you. Oh, I can't get, I'm sorry, I, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to show it to you. I, <laughs> I knew she would take it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, you're bound. You know why? Because your faith is growing exceedingly. 
people who are growing don't sit on their pocketbook and say, well, I'm not going to give nothing. This church doesn't need nothing. Oh, no. When you really have the good, you'll say, hey, any way I can help out. You got it. Yeah. Faith grows exceedingly. Wow, your faith can grow. Everybody has a measure. And we can grow in faith. Look at Luke chapter 17 and verse number 5. I don't see anywhere here that they prayed to give us faith. What did they pray? Oh, you know why they didn't pray to get faith? Because God had already given them a measure of faith. Just like he's given you. You don't need faith. You already have it. God's already given it to you. But now, you're praying, increase my faith. Where are you at tonight? I need my faith increased, preacher. How then can I increase my faith? I'm going to tell you this real quickly. It won't take us long. I'm going to increase my faith. I've got to increase my getter. Faith is that getter. If I can increase or grow in faith, I can grow also in answers to prayer. I can grow in getting things from God because God is abundantly rich. How can I grow? How can I increase my faith? Well, the tongue and the ear are the secret. Uh, Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by, what's it say? Hearing. Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now, uh, let's, let's open our Bibles. Uh, if you can get that on the screen, go down to verse number 13. I think it's is what I want to go to. I wasn't going to do this, but I think I will. Uh, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe if they, in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a, there's a key right there. How shall they hear without a what? A preacher. Why do you think Pastor Holmes is our preacher? He's preaching the word of God so you can build your faith, so you can have answers to prayer. Mm-hmm. And how shall they preach? Now he's talking about a preacher and preaching. Except they be sent. It's got to be somebody who's sent by the Holy Spirit of God. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, the Lord whom hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith does not come by reading. Faith comes by hearing. It's what the Bible says. Oh, I, I, I build my faith by reading. I read books, preacher, all the time. That builds my faith. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you 
increase your faith by hearing. Um, faith is the most powerful receiver known to man, the ear. The ear is that powerful receiver that builds that faith. You will get more faith by hearing a sermon preached by a preacher than you will by reading a book. Oh, yeah. Because he's preaching the word. Got to make sure your preacher is preaching the word. Our preacher does. By the way, do you know that most of us in this room right now have more faith than we had 30 minutes ago? Because you've been listening to a preacher preach the word. Your faith has already increased. That's why you need church attendance. Now, I love church attendance because of worship. I love church attendance because of singing. I love church attendance because of the altar calls and praying for folks around the altar. I love church because of a lot of things. But you know what really is the most important part of church? Is you're coming to hear the preacher preach. So your faith can be built. So you can have answers to prayer. And it doesn't come because, oh, I've read five books this month. I don't care. When were you in church last? Well, I don't go to church. Oh, really? You've got to hear the preacher preach. Amen? That's why I'd be very, 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 very careful about having meetings elsewhere in the building when our preacher's preaching. I want my preacher to be heard by everybody in the church. Why? Because that's where growth comes from. That's where increase comes. Faith is built by hearing the word preached. You need preaching. It increases the faith. That's why my wife and I have discovered years ago, I mean years ago, 30, 40 years ago, that instead of reading the Bible, we play the Bible. We listen to it. Well, now it's on our phones. You know, you got it on your phone. You got it every place, right? You can pull your phone out and doop, hit a little thing, and all of a sudden you got that Bible being preached to you. By the way, I only use the King James, so Amen. that's what I use. Hit it, and you can listen to it any time of the day or night. And what that does, builds your faith. It builds your faith. Oh, the music was so good tonight. It just built, no, it's not like the preaching of the word. I love music. So help me, I do. I love it. But it won't build like preaching builds. Preaching builds faith. You need preaching. The devil knows we need preaching, and the thing he tries to do most is to keep us from hearing our preacher preach. And he will even use good things to keep us from hearing him preach. Be careful. Keep everybody together hearing the preacher preach. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 4 through 6. Always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse number six. No? Oh, that is six. 
No, being confident of this very thing which he that had begun a good work in you will perform it. So that's Philippians 1.6. This is Philemon. That's a little different. That's all right, brother. Let's get to Philemon first. I want you to see the verse. Because it's the communication, it's the distribution of the word of God. Uh, when that happens, and we acknowledge it, and we hear about it, and tell about it, it increases our faith. I, I have a testimony that I have given for literally years about my car accident when I was 17 years old. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, because many of you have a, a testimony to tell as well. But when I was 17, I was getting ready to go to football practice at the high school, and a state truck ran a stop sign, and I got beat up bad, about died. You've heard the story. I'm not going to tell you that story again. However, in my preaching all across the country as an evangelist for three and a half years, I told that story every place I went. And you know what that story did, Dave? It built my faith. Every time I tell that story, it built my faith. Every time I told that story, I had people come up to me at different meetings and say, wow, Brother Lewis, that's awesome. My faith just feels like it's skyrocketed tonight. I believe God can do everything. Now, so here's the idea. Uh, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and towards all saints, that the communication of thy faith, that's good, may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So every time I told that testimony, my faith was built, other folks' faith were built. Everybody in this room has a testimony, something God in the past has done for you. And you can say, listen, have I told you my story yet? Somebody look at you and say, yeah, I've heard it five times. <laughs> well, I'll tell you again. We'll both have good faith. But it does. That communication does something. It builds your faith. It's the tongue and the ear. That's how you build your faith. Start telling what God has done. Acknowledge what God is doing. It will increase your faith. Uh, it will increase your faith to where you also increase your prayers being answered. Uh, weak to strong. Little to great. Uh, both have to do with the tongue. Uh, listening to somebody else's testimony, somebody else's tongue, or using your own tongue. Grow in faith. We can't all teach. We can't all preach. But we can all testify. Amen. Quit griping about what you don't have. Amen. And start talking about what you do have. Amen. Woo, guess what God has done for me. Amen. Man, I'm telling you what. Sometimes I'd like to take Wednesday night and have no prayer request. I'm, I don't mind prayer request. But once in a while I like to hear somebody say some good stuff. Like, hey, God did this. Hey, God did this. Hey, I just thought of something else. God did this too. Hey, I tell you what. Man, you're talking about, woo, everybody. Okay, let's stand and sing. All right, let's do it. Why? Because all of a sudden your faith is built. Because you've been listening. I've, I've showed this kind of story a long time, but yeah, I always wondered why a weightlifter. I'm not a weightlifter. I'm, I'm lifting more weight than I used to have, though. But <laughs> it's part of retirement, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, those guys, you, you see those guys? You ever see those guys weightlift, you know? 
Uh, they don't just go. They don't do that. They go something like. I'm getting ready, George. Because it's a release. Ah! Right? Amen. Now, I'm not saying come to church and go, ah, amen. Uh, but there ought to be something. Right. You got to do more than just. That's going to be great. Yeah. I wonder why those tennis players, they go, They grunt every time they hit the ball. What are you doing? I'm getting into it. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Some of us just need to say, God, I need you to increase my faith. God, please help me tonight. Musicians are coming. I'm closing. Use your tongue to tell the good things. Listen with your ear to someone else's good thing. Listen to your preacher preach. Say amen when he's preaching. Amen. Say praise the Lord. Say, whoo, man, that's a good point. Amen, preacher. Sometimes it'll seem like he's stepping on your toes. But sometimes we need that. And it's okay, even, even in those days, say, amen. <laughs> Maybe you can't say it like this, but you can, that's good stuff, yeah. <laughs> Who is it tonight? Our heads are bowed for just a moment. Preacher, I need my faith to increase. I need my faith to increase. Now, a church that has this many folks on a Sunday night, there's got to be a number of folks who would just be honest enough to say, you know, I have faith and I know it. But I'd like to see my faith increase. I really would, preacher. Would you do me a favor tonight and come to this altar and just kneel before God and say, God, I'm voluntarily coming and asking you to help me to have more faith. Folks are starting to come. I'm not going to have you to stand. I'm going to have you just to come. As many who would like. And I'm going to help my preacher. I'm going to help my God. And I'm asking God to increase my faith. 